If you believe Jesus in your all in all, somebody shout glory. glory. Amen, amen, amen. Sound like y'all glad to be here today. Amen, amen, amen. I'm excited uh, to be able to be here uh, this morning and just be with the people of God. And um, you never know what he's going to do in these gatherings. So for those of y'all ain't used to it, we ain't either. Uh, <laughs> y'all know I'm telling the truth. And so we just um, are getting used to worship being actually a part of the gathering and how we express and, express and extol the living God. I'm, I'm out of breath for a little bit. Huh? I'm trying to, I'm going to talk for a second. I did too much. So um, that's why we shouldn't have played basketball the other day, man. Um, <laughs> We are, uh, man, it, this weekend has been a phenomenal, 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 phenomenal weekend. How many of you here was for the summit this weekend? Put your hand up. Who was here for the summit? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It was incredible. The Lord really, really met us in that time. Um, it was a phenomenal time. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was, I mean, most of y'all don't know, but those of us who have been walking with Jesus just a teeny bit of time, you know, to have three of my mentors here this weekend. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans, my spiritual father and father in the ministry, Dr. Ellis and Dr. Crawford of Ritz. We were like a bunch of groupies here uh, this weekend, but we're just thankful for them because they have invested years, years, years in, into, into many of us. And so we were excited um, to be with them. Just want to acknowledge some people that are with us this morning um, who are special to me, special to my heart, special to my wife. And I, um, the Village Church, they left, but they were here earlier. Village Church was with us. Uh, Want to acknowledge Here's Life Inner City. Any of the Here Life Inner City folks are here today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give them a hand, give God a hand praise. Yeah, give God a hand praise. Uh, um, also, um, one of one of my best friends in the world, uh, uh, the the Bishop of the DMV himself is in the building. Uh, uh, we call him Ointment because when he gets to the stage, the stage is just oiled down with the ghost of God. Uh, but uh, but but uh, uh, it is uh, a brother, Pastor uh, Jermaine Jones, stand up, brother. Amen, amen. Yeah, he's uh, he's pastoring and he planted a church in the DMV, uh, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And so if you got anybody, yeah, I say area because I'm from down there. Uh, uh, that's what we say, area. And if, if if you know anybody down there that needs a church home. It's great community. Some of our people down there, if you remember Rodney and Teffy, Rodney, uh, 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 right? Robert, Rob, I'm saying Rodney, Rob and, and Tiffany. Rob is actually, his wife's a doctor, remember that? Um, and he's down there, he's one of the associate ministers there at the church. And so thank God for that. One, another good peoples, good, 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 good peoples um, that we go way, way back. My wife goes way backer with them. Um, I said it. Uh, um, Pastor uh, and sister, Dwayne and Leslie Bond, why don't you stand up? Love you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, we look up to them so much. He's like a big brother to me. Uh, um, I want to be like him when I grow up. He's just such a seasoned, seasoned man of God. And my wife gets all kind of uh, mentor, mentor love from um, Sister Leslie, which is, a, which is a wonderful one. She used to babysit their kids, so I'm telling on them a little bit age-wise, but... She's the babysitter their kids. Now they got some grown folks walking around. So bless the Lord for his mercy. Why don't we stand for the reading of the word of God? Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verses, 
We're probably not going to get through all of this, but we'll get through as much as we can today. Verses 6 through verse 15. When you get there, say amen. amen. We're reading from the ESV as a church usually. Uh, so we read along collectively usually. Um, but if you, have a, if you don't have a Bible with you, make sure somebody that's near you. Don't let them be stand off in the wind. Um, uh, go ahead and share your Bible or your phone or your iPad or whatever you got with them. All right, we're going to start at verse 6. Y'all know I'll trickle out. Y'all keep going. Verse 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about in our time today, uh, if I can tag this text, I want to talk about having a beastie work ethic, having a beastie work ethic. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and honor you, God, for the opportunity to just worship you, come together uh, and, and to just enjoy you and your presence and to get in the scriptures. Lord, help this to not come off as a as a judgmental message that leaves people without any help and any hope. Uh, 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 Lord, but we want to we we hope that they would be strengthened and grow in holiness, all of us, as we listen to this. And so, Lord God, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength, our Redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody agree with that? Said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, we, we, we we've been going through a series on uh, manhood, and we've named that series Newmanity. And, 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 and we've been going and trekking through, you know, just some things that I feel like and I believe and I believe led by God that we need to kind of dive into. Now, understand that our series is not to ignore women because, sisters, your turn is next. So the series after this is biblical womanhood. And so we're going to trek through some things. Amen. I see the women. I saw somebody. A chill went down somebody's spine. And they went like that. So it's next. It's next. So we're going to get at it. And so I'm, I'm excited to be able to get into it. Um, however, the reason why I, I chose it. To, to, to engage the men first is because a lot of people don't know if you get the men right, the church gets right. Wish I had some help right there. See, 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 uh, um, see, see order, we, we always need spiritual order. You know, if the men are submitting to Christ, you know, then it, we, everything else will fall into place uh, because that's the way he set it up. It, it, it's, it's for there to be divine order set up. Remember how we talked about in the first message how the Satan attempted to reverse order in creation. And so, and so, and so we, we, we're doing this because we want to see the lives of our men get in a more strengthened order under the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, 
this idea of a beastly work ethic kind of takes me back a bit because, you know, I, I've, I've been a Christian f- since 1992, November 15th, 1992. So when I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, I'm, so, I'm, I'm coming up on 20 years in the faith. And, 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 and as I've been in the faith, I, I had some pre-faith days and I had some post-faith days, of course. And, 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 and one of the things that I noticed even before I was a believer is I noticed that there were some diametrically different uh, uh, ways in which there was masculinity expressed through the church, if it was even there, and, and, and how it was expressed in the culture. You got to understand, I, I used to sit up and listen to Farrakhan. You know, I was one of them Farrakhan. We have YouTube, so we had to get tapes to get the final call and all of that. And you, you know, and 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 and, and, and it was an it was attraction, uh, if you will, uh, 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 to the presentation of masculinity, even though it was unredemptive. I mean, you see uh, Farrakhan stand up. He said, he said, he said, the preacher, he's he's he has a jerry curl. He doesn't study his Bible. Uh, he's fat and out of shape. Eating fried chicken after church every Sunday. He's hooping and hollering, and he's an undisciplined man. So how do you expect to have disciplined men in the church? And 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 the pastor isn't disciplined. But look at me. I'm I'm 65 years old, benching and pressing and snatching 350 pounds. Now you gotta understand the fruit of Islam standing up there like this, now moving. So I was like, how them cats don't move? I used to want to get up in them, but you know, they'll swing on you, for real. So I was like, you know, I get up. But, but, but there, was, there, was a, there was a masculinity, whether we like it or not, that seemed to present itself in a disciplined way, in, in, in a way that called men up. And so, and, so, and so today, that's what we want to continue in, is calling men up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not shooting them down, but calling them up. Uh, that's what the gospel does. And so, and so here, in this, here in this section, in this pericope, we see Paul doing some beautiful things that he likes to do. He always likes to make sure that the people of God are on one accord and they're executing what it means to reflect to be a biblical Christian. And so if, if you remember the background from our Thessalonians series, <coughs> Paul is talking to uh, this church in Thessalonica and he's, he's ministering to them as younger believers. And as he's ministering to them as younger believers, he, 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 he wasn't able to stay with them and disciple them through all of the fundamental biblical truths that he usually was able to. He had about three weeks of discipleship with them. And, and because of that, those three weeks of discipleship, he got hived out. And because of persecution, it wasn't heavy physical persecution, but it was sociological persecution. However, there was a persecution that was going to be coming uh, to the Thessalonican church that was similar to that of the church in Asia Minor. Are you tracking with me? And so, and so it, that, that persecution showed itself up later when Nero impaled Christians, rubbed oil all over their body, and lit them a fire to light his camp at night. And, 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 so, and so because of the type of persecution, Paul prophesied that persecution in chapter 1 for them was going to get worse. And so what he wanted to do is he wanted to prepare them to be beastly representatives of God's glory where they lived and dwell. And so he had written in the first letter some truths that said, yo, man, um, some of y'all lazy in the mug. That's what he said in the Greek language. I'm translating them properly. 
And he said, some of y'all are lazy. He said, I need y'all to get your weight up. Get your weight up. They said, all right, oh, we're going to do it next time. So Paul hears that they're wilding out and they're not doing what they're supposed to do in relation to having a beastly work ethic. Because they didn't have a beastly work ethic, he writes a second letter. Now, in this section, usually, Paul will be giving his shout-outs, right? Because he's doing his salutation. Usually, Paul will be like, all right, tell, tell Pookie over there, you know, on 17th and Susquehanna, I said, what's up? Man, all the saints in the house, man, up there on, uh, on 18th and Lehigh, man, uh, Chuck the Deuces, the small groups on Temple's campus, man. I love y'all, man. Give them a holy kiss. He ain't do none of that this time. <laughs> he starts off with, now we command you. Y'all got to understand, from a Pauline perspective, that's weird. You know what I'm saying? Usually he's landing the plane in the last part of the chapter, but he kind of just, his pen got more ink at this end. And, and, And he began exhorting specifically the men. Because in this culture, the men, even though women worked and, and had high levels of uh, influence in the culture and society that they were in, there was still an understanding that the responsibility to provide was on the men. And because of that, some had believed a lie because in First Thessalonians, they thought that they missed the rapture or the second coming of Christ. Uh, um, 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 but, but then in this one, somebody told them that Jesus Christ is coming back real soon. So they got real spiritual because, you know, they deep theologically, Pastor, you know. And so they said, well, since, you know, I ain't, you know, since Jesus is about to come back, I'm going to quit my job, you know. And so they started lounging. Which brings me to my one and only point. It says, if you're going to have a beastly work ethic, our work ethic, we must recognize that our work ethic is a discipleship issue. Ultimately, our work ethic is a discipleship issue. What is discipleship? Discipleship is the means by which we are apprenticed and attached to Jesus Christ for a lifetime to get into a relationship with him through his death and be ushered through sanctification from spiritual infancy to what? And so because of that reality, we see here in this passage that Paul begins to chop it up with him, which brings us to this part of it. He said, now we command you. Now, this is interesting here that he would talk about a command, like I said, because, because now he's, he's bringing out a command in and, and his and it's hefty language here. <clears throat> the language here of command is military language. Um, this military language is Paul's passion to gather, if you will, the men together to help the men get their lives back reordered. Let let me just tell you right now, there needs to be a sense in which men can be called to something. That means when there is a command that goes forth for men, all the men should gather. Let me say that again because y'all quiet. See, we need not holy huddles, but we need helpful huddles to help men to begin to be in a place where they can be commanded. Now, inferentially in the word command means a submission to spiritual authority. And 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 so that means that when... Paul was bringing them together, there was a sense, not just because he was an apostle, because he was shepherding them. He wanted to shepherd them in a biblical philosophy of life as it related to work. But then he says, he says, now we command you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, stop right there. Now, we will come back to this idea of the lordship of Jesus Christ, but you got to understand, when, when, when you hear Lord Jesus Christ, it's the equivalent of this. When my parents, when I was little, my parents would call me. Now, there were levels of how they called me. Y'all know what I'm talking about, some of y'all. 
Eric, come here. <laughs> that one let me know that everything was all right. <laughs> now, if they said, boy, come here, I know that there's a time limit between what they told me to come and I need to come so everything can remain all right. That's a level two calling. Now there's a level three calling in which they use your government name where they say, Eric Matthew, when she go down, that's, you know, Mason. I knew that, you know, I was about to be under some type of destruction by the time I got to the crib. Because she used my government name, and it has a seriousness to that level three. Well, when Paul and the apostles in the Bible uses Lord Jesus Christ, not just Christ Jesus, not just Jesus Christ, not just Lord Jesus, not just Lord Christ, but Lord Jesus Christ, there's a, because God named him, that's his eternal government name. And that means that's a serious name when, his, when all three of his names and titles are put together. Somebody said Christ ain't his last name. I, I raise you. I think it is. Lord is his first name. Jesus is his middle name and first name. And Christ is his last name. Put together, there's a level of seriousness in which the code goes up of what information is surrounding him of how important it is in relation to normal biblical information. And so, so he says, so Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes and he says that you keep away from. Now, this is wild to me. Now, 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 now he said to keep away from another brother who is walking in idleness. Wow. Wow. It's interesting. So it's, it, it, he's saying keep. Now, most of us, we used to, we, you know what we get cheap amens off of? Cheap sins of other people. Kill the homosexuals. Ah, get him, get him, get him. Now, everybody say that, right? You whoremongling, you out there. We go wild, right? But this text kind of treats trifling people that don't like to do nothing. Oh, help me, God. On a whole nother level. And basically says, it didn't say, it, it, it's interesting that he didn't say those who are idle. Because it would have just described them in a particular, but it says, it says, not these people aren't just idle. They're walking in idleness. It, it means that they have made a lifestyle and structure their lives around having a do-nothing disposition towards life. In, in, other, in other words, the idle person is the person that structures things around their personal preferences versus God's biblical principles. See, see, see an idle person doesn't see the importance of a lot of things because their life is structured for them to have minimal responsibility so they can have maximal enjoyment. See, see, the idle person is that person. When I, when I, was, in, when I was in college, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, we had, we had cats that, um, you know, back then, we, you know, we, we, we were past, the, even though we had them, Atari, ColecoVision, you know what I'm saying? Then we had the Nintendo came out, the Nintendo with the little over-top, with the little A-track games, games big like an A-track. Now, when it didn't work right, you push it down, it come back up, you pull it out, and you blow the dust out of it. Y'all with me? And, 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 so, and, so, and so you blow and you blow it out because you want the dust, the dust about it. And so and so you know you midterm, it's midterms. It's midterms in the morning. Nine o'clock, cats like that. <laughs> get off me, get off me. 
I mean, for long periods of time, then get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and act like you're going to cram for an exam. That's probably not going to happen. Why? Because you put what's most important behind what you wanted to do. <coughs> the idle, even, idle doesn't mean you're not busy. It just means you're not on important busyness. <coughs> and, 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 so, and, so, and so the idol is Paul is exhorting. He's saying, he's saying, you're saying that you want to do spiritual things. He called, he called spending time in the Bible all the time and talking theology all the time. That's the context of the passage. Without at the expense of working and providing for your family enough to put you under church discipline. That's in the text. It's in the text. He, he said, because, because, see, some of us over spiritually, but the Lord was working, so the Holy Spirit going to do something when I get to work. When you get there, you're going to get fired. <laughs> because walking in idleness is not the mark of a man. A men, 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 real men have in their spirit the saga pushing them every moment of the day. In other words, there's a sense in which responsibility of the trajectory that God has set you up on, you're thinking about it and how your life can, can, can submit and structure itself around what God has called you to do, big, call, big C, not little c. Because he didn't want them to walk in idleness and have a disposition of which they are not taking care of their business on any level. Now, check this out. Now, I thought he was going to stop there, but he goes further. And he says, and, he, he, so he says, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness, listen, and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. Now, now, you got to understand, the word tradition is rarely used in the Bible. But the principle is always used in the Bible. <coughs> now, tradition, I don't want you to think in relation to traditionalism, which is the institutionalization of a moment in time where God blessed us experientially and we make it normative. That's traditionalism. Now, but tradition is different. Tradition is that which was handed by Jesus down to the apostles and it's to be handed down throughout the ages. Now, when, when they first went to a place, they would proclaim the gospel in the synagogue. People would get saved. Then they would proclaim the gospel in the neighborhood. People would get saved. Then they would gather in homes because persecution would usually break out. And based on Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, they would begin to disciple them. And they would disciple them in the fundamental Christian teachings that helped lock you in to holiness and healthiness. Now, what they would start with is they would go over the gospel with them again, make sure that they understood who Jesus is, what he came to do, why did he die, that the resurrection actually happened, walk them through, that's called soteriology. But then he says, in response to his death, you got to be holy. That means you got to walk in holiness and you got to have a trajectory in which your life is going from one level of glory to another level of glory. In other words, you're growing spiritually. That's called sanctification. Then he would say that one day Jesus Christ is going to come back and get every last one of us, and he's going to take us home with him. That's called eschatology. So they would walk them through soteriology, sanctification, 
They would walk them through uh, glorification, the, all of that soteriology, really. And then he would walk them through ecclesiology, the structures of the church, how the church should be structured, and all of those different things. And then they would, based on Acts chapter 15, he would walk them through sexology. But this text said there's another ology because it says, remember the tradition. The other ology that's just as deep as soteriology, ecclesiology, and sanctification is workology. <laughs> workology is that theology that because Christ died for us, we don't work to get favor from God. We work hard because he worked hard for us. That's the difference. And, 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 so, and so because of Christ's work, he, he's trying to motivate them to say, you were in other words, do you know that our discipleship should include a philosophy of work ethic? That means our, now because Christians were to be an example of what it looked like to be the best in everything. Y'all missed that. Y'all going to sleep. Christians were supposed to be an example of what it looked like in every single area of life. Whether you work in corporate America, you should be exemplary. Whether you work in a school system, you should be exemplary. Whether you sweep floors and clean toilets, guess what? You should be exemplary. If you work at McDonald's, stop complaining. It's paying the bills. You should be thankful. And guess what? You should be exemplary. In other words, you sh if you treat where you are not like where you want to be, you'll never get to where you want to be. See, see, many of us, oh, when I get to that point, then I'll take it seriously. God doesn't take you to another level in your life until you mature on the level that he placed you in. Be, 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 because, see, many of us want exaltation without humiliation. But the Bible says we, we, we fellowship with his resurrection, but guess what? Also with his sufferings. See, we live in a society where technology has good things about it, but what it also is doing for us, because we're used to so much doing so much for us, then we want to do less. It, it, because now we're getting rid of libraries, we're getting rid of big books. People want to get rid of big books now because everything's digital. Everything's digital. People's attention span is changing. People don't want all that information. Man, people got to get a little bit more information. They got to get a little bit of information. So you got to make sure it's only a little bit of information because if you give them too much information, they won't buy it. And so now society, is, from a marketing perspective, is structuring itself around our laziness. But the Christian is supposed to be an example of weightiness in every single area of their life. So, so, so that means you can know all of the ologies you want, but you should also have workology up under your belt. And so, and so next he goes in and he says, <coughs> and he then, then he begins getting practical, real, real practical. He says, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. That's beautiful. Now, Paul always told them to imitate him. But his imitation of him always came from Paul's imitation of the living God. In, 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 other words, in other words, this imitation of the living God comes from what we call the premise of how God is in his character. Now, God doesn't ask anybody to do what he's not willing to do. Okay, y'all looking at me funny. Okay, let's see if I can make a plan. Okay, um, what, what God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all have jobs. The Father, Jesus said in John 15, 17, 
The Father has been working until now, and now I'm working. So that means Jesus has a job, the Father has the job. The Bible also talks in John 15 and 14 and 16, uh, 17 about the work of the Holy Spirit. So they all have a job. Matter of fact, the Father has a job to call and to decree stuff. The Son has the job to do stuff in the inner sea. The Holy Ghost has the job to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment, to regenerate, to apply the blood of Christ to us so that our lives can be changed and walk with us and, and seal us. And his job is to hold us until Jesus Christ comes back. So that means... God has a job, <laughs> okay? God, God has a job. Now, y'all still looking at me funny. Let me make it more plain because y'all don't believe I'm in the Bible anymore. All right, Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. Woo, a garden. You know, I mean, this is the Garden of Eden. So, you know, I mean, fruit just grows, you know. You just pull this one off and another something grow, doesn't it? Read the rest of the verse. To work and keep it. So before the fall, man had to work. Work isn't because the fall came. Work just got harder, but we still had to work. So, 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 so the work it intended, in other words, before God gave him a honey, he taught him how to make some money. So Adam, Adam was like, you know, I mean, Adam was chilling in the garden, tending it, you know, spraying. He said, oh, man, I don't like how that daffodil looks, man. I don't like daffodils, but I don't know why I'm not feeling the daffodils. I'm feeling like the bark on the tree, not the daffodils, but I don't know what's wrong with me, you know. So he's working. One day God comes down. God says, come in, man. He said, yes, sir. Yes, Yahweh. He says, come in. He says, he go, and I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> and God opens him up with no anesthesia, pulls a rib out of him, this small rib. God says, ah! Uh. Mm. And then, and then God played the role as the surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the tech, and the nurse, because he was able to keep him okay even though he was under eternal anesthesia. Y'all trek with me. Then he said, wake up, Adam. Adam said, huh, woo, what just happened? Cat dog. Whoa, ho, 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 man. So he named a woman, right? Now, I'm going to just tell you something. God won't surprise you with some blessings until you're faithful in your work. There's some things that your lack of diligence is shackling the Shekinah. It's handcuffing the holy. I wish I had some help. Now, God allows himself to be lawfully under restriction when his people don't submit to the reason why he created them. 
And, and, so, and, 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 so, and so what God is saying is, I'm going to allow myself to be like this until you decide that you're going to be diligent where I placed you. Until you take care, until you stop complaining and appreciate where I put you. You don't like your wife. You don't like your life. You don't like your work. You don't like where you're going. You don't like your clothes. You don't like your bank account. So until you learn some contentment, until you learn how to be faithful where you are, I'm not taking you to another place. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it because I'm telling you, when you work hard, when you bury yourself in honoring God in your work, when you lift your head up, it's no telling what you're going to see. <laughs> and, 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 and so God wants to shape us and give us a biblical and rich work ethic as men. <clears throat> we got to walk in that. But then Paul started walking through some other stuff, which was crazy. This is bananas, right? Watch. He started walking through some character stuff, right? He says, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because you were not idle when we were with you. In other words, you weren't like that when we was around. But then he's the listenable Paul says, Paul says, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. Uh-oh. Let's stop there. Um. So, we all at a restaurant. Y'all know where I'm going. You ain't even got to be a preacher to know where I'm going right now. <laughs> it's time for the bill. It's like 17 of us at the table. I'm painting the picture. All of us at the table, who together? Y'all two together, y'all three together, y'all four. I'm by myself, I'm Dutch, all is together. Okay, bills come. They do all this work to split the bills out. And then all of a sudden, when it's time to pay, you don't have no money. And then now you're at the table creating a culture of overspending in your life. Matter of fact, and going places where you know you're just going to be a leech. Some of y'all are leeches. <laughs> Jeff is crazy. Some of us, some of us, all we do is want hardworking people to take care of us non-working people. Now, there is a season and there are times when people who have a difficult time need help. That's, that's not who I'm talking about, and y'all know it. That's the time. But there are just some people who have an eternal triplicity to them. And, and, and you're going to, and, and listen, you're going you're gonna to have to, listen, you come on people's house, you know it's a big barbecue, ha, I'm going, ha, I'm getting, then you take everything afterwards. Packed up 14 plates, three bags, you done brought bags from Whole Foods, you know what I'm saying? So you can take them in burlap bags and carry them. In other words, you, 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 you want to, you want to, see, this is what a man, see, no girl don't want, you at the table with the girl, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, baby, you know. Yeah, I'm about to get this job, you know. I'm, uh, the bill come. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Gerson. Thank you, Gerson. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and get your boy this time, since it's equality in the Godhead. Um, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they won, so you know. 
Platter, why don't you get your boy this time? In other words, don't no girl want to be out with no dude that ain't going to pay for the bill. Listen, man. Listen, I'm tired of work excuses. You can't have a work excuse for 10 years. In other words, in other words men say, men don't go if they ain't got the money. But when, I, when you go, you're like this. You're the first. Now, what's the bill? What's the bill? How, how you doing? Now, you're in community. You went all out together, but you really like the girl over there. There's, y'all been the small group together and everything, and the small group went out. And you like her. You said, let me get you this time. You ain't even trying to holler. I'll take care of you. She's going to be like, <laughs> he took care of my Women, y'all don't know, women fake a praise. Women, women say, let's go powder our noses. Go in the bathroom. He paid for my boo. He paid for my. <laughs> y'all know, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Listen, ain't nothing more attractive for a woman than a, than a responsible man. Listen, you might not have a car, but you got a trans pass. And you ain't expecting people to give you rides all the time. Not, not all the time. You just go over there. I don't know how I'm going to get home, but you know. You, hobo self, dog, come on. If you don't have the money, don't go. That should be abnormal. Give me a ride, yeah, sometimes. But it can't, you can't lean on people. Lean on people. You can't lean on everybody. You can't lean on mama till you die. You can't lean on daddy till you die. You can't lean on grandmama's basement and grandmama's penny. You need to get your own house, your own crib, your own clothes, your own job, your own checkbook, your own debit card, your own car, in Jesus' mighty name. I ain't beating you up, I'm helping you out. You're gonna, you're gonna be a little bleeding today, but once you get it right, it's gonna be tight. Guess who helped you get it right? Jesus. That's who helped you get it right. I mean, you, don't, you, you, you want to have a life where, man, you're you just quietly known for just working hard. People don't have to know who you are. People don't have to know who you are. Nobody, nobody has to know who you are. Why? 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 Because, because you got to learn to embrace obscurity. You got to learn to It's okay. Listen, you don't have to work yourself into it. If you're faithful over a few things. He will make you ruler over many. That's not just in the eschaton. That's now. See, the gospel is to motivate you to work, not to be lazy. Well, Jesus did it for me. He died so I wouldn't have to die. That's not really all that true. He died so you wouldn't have to eternally die. But he did die so that you could temporarily die. That means you take up your cross daily. And taking up your cross daily, taking up your cross daily is the work of, a, is, is a work of all Christians, but 
but, but in this particular sermon, I'm talking to the dudes, it's particularly a work for the men. <clears throat> because I want to see a beefy cluster of men who, are, who, who, are, who, who have good jobs, whether blue-collared, white-collared, or invisible-collared. Whatever collar you got, isn't it a good job? And that you're doing, that you're developing yourself. And that you're striving for your life to be better so that you can be in a place where you can take on a family. So that the woman won't have to be wondering how the bills are going to be played because you can't take care of your business. Some of you guys, y'all have, y'all have developed such a vicious cross of living in your life that when you get married, you, you have no room to shepherd financially with. Like, you got to finish school, finish school, finish all of your schooling, whether it's, whether it's undergrad, whether it's grad school, or whether it's your bachelor's, you finish. Finish what you start. Because, you're, because not finishing stuff is a character issue. It's a character issue. It's a character issue. I had mentors putting their foot way inside of my behind to get me to get my butt up and work. You, you, you don't, some of y'all are mama's boys. I'm going to talk to mama. Mama talk to me. Baby, it's all right. Come on. You can talk to me. Baby, and some of y'all don't need that. Some of y'all need to come here. Hit you in the chest just like that. Hit you right in your chest and make you lose your breath. That's what you need. That's what some of y'all need. You need to be hit right in the solar plate so you can lose your breath for about five minutes and say la what just happened. <laughs> Running around here, laying on the couch all day, surfing the web. The only bill you got is a phone, and you, because you want, you want the, I got to get the 5, so I can't get my place, because I want the iPhone 5, it just came out, so I'm going to upgrade real quick, because I want to stay here, and then I'm like, oh, I can't move out this month, <laughs> because you got that. Listen, I ain't trying to just be, I'm trying to help you. I'm telling you right now, it's time to stand up and be a man. You have to choose it. And you, you, you're, you're, you're 30 years old, you're 25 years old, you're 22 years, you're 18, you're not a baby anymore. This world is not going to cuddle you, and the kingdom won't either. So it's time for us to stand up and be men. That's not gospel-centered, Pastor. Yes, it is. How does the gospel apply to that? Uh, what, what, what did John, John, John Owen say about it? I'm here. What do you say on Work. Work. Because Jesus is going to come back. <laughs> Recover, y'all. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is going to come back. I'm closing. But I love y'all, man. I love y'all. I, I love the women and I love the men. But I'm talking to the men. I love y'all, man. And, and I, don't, I don't just want us to be known for all kinds of other stuff and us not to be known as a community of men who have a phenomenal work ethic. You should be so hireable that all of your recommendations 
Uh, you don't have to wonder who you got to get a recommendation. There should be, you should be able to call, hey, yeah, I'll do a recommendation for him. And that person, they're busy. You know that someone has a good work ethic. When their boss is real, real busy, you ask them for a recommendation, and they take out the time to make sure that it gets done. They didn't ask you, let me, you write it, and I'll sign it. No, they said, I'm going to write your recommendation because I really believe in your work ethic, and I pre you want to be a man of good reputation. Why? Because a good name is better than silver and gold. I'm done. I can stay on that horse two more hours, but I'm going to stop. And I want us to um, pray for the empowerment through the Spirit to help us to say, God, I, I am trifling. You, you, I mean, listen, listen, you got to admit that, that that's where you are and repent of it. Father, you know, God, we, <coughs> we want to be men who work, work hard. Not overwork to where we're not with our family. That's not what we're talking about. Somebody's going to walk away with some imbalanced understanding of what I'm saying. Lord, that's not what I'm saying. Amen. I'm not saying work so hard you don't see your family. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, man, the work time that God gives you, maximize it. Lord, uh, we, I, I pray that we would reamp up our work training stuff here so that there can be some practical paracletes coming alongside of the men so that, so that the men and women, but particularly the men here based on this sermon, God, to, to really be able to help our men to become better, to be more effective, and to be the best men that we can be for your glory. Maybe it's making some sacrifices for a season so that, we can, so, so, so that we can get ahead later. Whatever, I don't know what it is, God, but God help the men of not just Epiphany Fellowship, but Christian men to, to raise up the standard. God, thank you for the men here that have a beastly work ethic. Thank you for those here who exemplify what it means to be faithful in their workplace. And so, God, I pray that you would disciple us to grow, to be better for Jesus Christ and his glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen.